I think most people deserve to be in the bin, really. Yeah? How would yeah. you put a percentage on it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you seen the Georgia Gladstones? <laughs> Forever. I've got coffee here. The podcast is called Coffee and Psychosis. I notice you don't have any coffee. Yeah, well... So I... what have you got for me? <laughs> what have I got for you apart from flies in this room? Well, you don't own the flies, do you? I don't own the flies, no. Who are you? A horrifically <laughs> scarred and disfigured guy. That's you. <laughs> In what way? Um, no, yeah, I'm. I'm well, I know, I've got a few scars on my body, but nothing from sort of serious things. Um, who am I? I guess I'm just Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure who I am. I'm not sure who I am yet, at least. But I guess that's the kind of thing about life. You don't really find out who you are until you die. So you might change your name then. I was thinking about changing my last name, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I was thinking about going to my mum's na- uh, maiden name. Would you consider naming yourself after this podcast? Naming myself after this podcast? Yeah. Or as in coffee and psychosis? Yeah. <laughs> or change that to my middle name? Yeah. I've seen people do worse. I mean, I'm not saying coffee's bad. I'm not saying psychosis is bad. What are you saying about psychosis then? What a terrific segue we've just managed to pull off there. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, into the serious topic. So tell us about what psychosis means to you, Ryan. Um, psychosis. What does it mean to me? It's definitely something I've got very sick of over time. Um, you know, you're just having it thrown around in front of me and you know, hearing about it, and I guess once you've gone through something like that, it's definitely not interesting, you know, people pick up interest in, like, serial killers and all that kind of stuff, and they also pick them up in mental health kind of problems, but until you've actually met a serial killer, or met someone with (laughs) mental health problems, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but... You know, it definitely gets quite tiring when you're in the kind of subject view of a, of a therapist. Why the comparison to serial killers, Ryan? What are you trying to say there? What am I trying to say about serial killers? Are you in the same category as them? or? I did believe I was in the same category um, before I knew much about kind of what I did suffer with. So, you know, I definitely had some sort of like idea that I'd probably grow up to be some sort of murderer <laughs> or something I mean it, it, you know what I've learned from psychosis it um, it definitely plays with your mind a lot and you know whether you think in your Jesus which I think most people do get with psychosis don't they to be quite honest did you? yeah I did get that Jesus specifically or uh, did you mix it up with a Muhammad or Buddha, maybe. Wild card. Nah, I feel like everyone's just, like, really compelled to go near Jesus, aren't they? I was watching a documentary, a short documentary on YouTube about this guy in Russia who, um, definitely suffering a psychosis because he definitely is Jesus. 
So, you know. He definitely is. Oh, yeah, definitely. How do you know? Oh, uh, you know, he was, he was bringing up so much from Jesus' past, despite never reading the Bible, apparently. And Invite he, him round here, then. Let's get him on get the podcast. Him? He's Russian. Yeah. He's got his own town of 2,000 people. Well, surely if he's Jesus, he could still speak English. Yeah, you'd think that, to be quite honest. One of the interviewers did ask him something about why he speaks Russian. He just said he transformed into a Russian. Well, who are we to disagree? Exactly. It's definitely quite interesting, though. So, was the Jesus aspect a large part of it for you? I definitely felt like I was some sort of chosen one. But my kind of psycho- uh, psychosis came more from thinking about being in the Matrix. Boom. Being in the Matrix was not good. You know, I watched uh, the Truman Show from kind of a youngish age. I watched it when I was about 11. It kind of sparked up some sort of, like, pre-existing beliefs that I was in some sort of simulation, despite I'd never seen The Matrix by then. You know, I always, when I was younger, I used to think that I was on a stage or, you know, out in this kind of prefabricated world that is being watched by others. So do you like The Matrix? I watched it the other night. You watched it the other night? Yeah. I watched all three over a couple of days. I still haven't seen the third, but, you know, I think it's one of the better films out there. Probably one of the best, to be quite honest. What? Just the, the way... The first it, one? Yeah, the first one. Yeah? You know, just the whole, like, you know, story and how they did things, and it was just innovative, really. Have from, you haven't been put off? Well, from watching it, from having psychosis. What was it? What, what aspects of The Matrix came forth for you, then? I don't know, I guess, you know, people experience deja vu and stuff, and they say that's a kind of a glitch in the Matrix. I was definitely having a lot of deja vu, uh, deja vu and premonitions. Some premonitions did actually turn out to be quite odd. I don't really have much of a memory of them, because I've kind of, like, blocked out a lot of that kind of stuff. But I, I thought that I was definitely in some sort of video game type of thing, and the Matrix did have a video game. Yeah, the Matrix did have a video was game. Was it that video game? I don't know, because I did play that when I was yeah. younger. Um, no, I, you know, have you ever seen The Truman Show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, if you've suffered with psychosis, you've got to watch that. Beforehand well, or after? <laughs> maybe beforehand. It might set it off to ask the problem. But, I mean, being stuck in The Truman Show it was just a terrible kind of experience for me. At least that's what I thought, you know, thinking that everyone else around me was very fake and fake in a sense that they were either robots or just, like, completely alien creatures. Ooh, do they look like aliens? Um, I've had some hallucinatory kind of visions of people's faces changing, mostly in the dark, but... Changing into what? Oh, God, like demons and uh, aliens and other things did they say anything no not really noises did they make any noises no uh just mainly stared at me i used to be quite petrified of ghosts and i definitely had more than a few encounters of which i think might have been ghost related but after i kind of suffered with kind of like mental health problems i realized that probably wasn't the case you don't believe I don't know, I'm not really sure, like, when I was in the kind of... You like the X-Files, though, don't you? Yeah, I like the X-Files. I think there's probably aliens out there. I think there definitely is. When you say out there, 
or here. Yeah, what living amongst us, like in Men in Black, one, two, and three. It's totally possible. I mean, you know, it's pretty interesting how kind of Homo sapiens and what what were the other ones called? Neanderthals. Tolls. Neanderthals. Yeah. I did study a lot of um, evolution stuff when I was younger, and went along to quite a long of exhibits and whatnot but i don't know it definitely made me think that there's a little bit more to it than just evolving from like a single cell drugs well there's that um what is it the licking mushroom theory thing what is it the stone date theory yeah yeah that's quite an interesting theory do you want to explain the theory for people from what i kind of gather of the stone date theory i've not looked into it too much but when people were in a kind of not people, more kind of Neanderthals and other unevolved humans were just roaming around the world. They were finding mushrooms and they were licking them or also frogs. And the theory goes along the idea that it expanded their mind and they did it so often it ended up evolving them and changing how their brain worked. Do you believe it? Do you think it's a real thing then? I mean, there have been animals that do abuse drugs. Yeah. Yeah. We're one of them. We're one of them. Yeah. There was that um, ape, um, was it the gorilla, or was it Coco the gorilla, or mm. something like that? Well, his name was Coco. Yeah, mm. exactly. Where did he get that name from? He doesn't like drugs. Yeah. I did watch a documentary once about this uh, monkey. I can't remember, like, you know, I don't know what monkey it was. I don't have a clue about monkeys. I just know the chimpanzees are the little orange ones. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. That's orangutans. Chimpanzees are the little ones. They're not that little. You can get finger monkeys, so they're not really little. Finger monkeys? Yeah, yeah you can, actually. Yeah, that's a little monkey. Yeah. But, and you know, in this documentary, this monkey, or whatever it was, just some sort of big monkey, um, was addicted to drugs. Like, knew how to roll joints. <laughs> you know, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. She was uh, taught sign language or something like that before she was passed along to some hippies. Hippies taught her how to do drugs and stuff. Of course they did, the hippies. And then she got put in a zoo so a long time after that. Yeah, and that, was, that was interesting. Drugs was a thing that did trigger. Trigger? A lot. And I've stayed away from them. Not the booze, though. Not the booze. I haven't drank for a while, but, you know. I don't know. Drinking, well, you know, it's dangerous, but is it... <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> no, of course it is dangerous. But... Well, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. You got a statistic I don't have sheet? them at hand, but they're there. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know what's safer, licking mushrooms or um, booze. What one causes more mental health problems? Mushrooms or booze? Yeah. Oh, definitely booze. Do you reckon? Oh, yeah, for sure. Were you Neo then, if you are Jesus? What's going on? You Keanu Reeves? Do you like Keanu Reeves? I like Keanu Reeves. You know, I definitely tried to keep it a secret, despite thinking I was a very holy entity. I wasn't very scared of death. I wasn't really sure that anything would kill me, so, you know, anything was on the table when it came to... How did that feel? It's a kind of sense of peace, isn't there, when you suffer with something so deeply. Suffer? I mean... Ooh. Suffering and peace. When <laughs> What's going on there, right? I know, right? How can they exist at the same time? It's kind of double-bladed sword, mental health, really. Mental health problems. Because I guess a lot of people find that 
they find out about themselves and what problems are around them. How do you mean? So... Like their relationships. Yeah, their relationships and... Their environment, habits, that sort of thing, is how you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. What did you find out? Uh, I, fi- I found <laughs> this out... This is the good side of the sword, is it? Yeah, this is a good side of the sword. I found out that I should pretty much just, like, you know, fuck off everyone around me. <laughs> <laughs> completely just fucking right out the window. <laughs> I really didn't want anything to do with a lot of people, and I still don't want anything to do with them. All right, so you wanted to fuck off a bunch of people? Yeah. You wanted to piss them off or just put them in the bin? Just put them in the bin. Yeah, get them in the bin. I think most people deserve to be in the bin, really. Yeah? How would yeah. you put a percentage on it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you seen the Georgia Gladstones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. 95% cull. <laughs> be interesting. Yeah, who fits the cult? Who fits the cult? <laughs> oh, this is where it gets personal, isn't it? Hey, you're, it's your cult. It's my cult. I definitely put a lot of people I've been friends with in the past in the bin. There's still a lot to make up for, though, in that 95%. Yeah. I mean, what, what, how many people in the world members? have you been friends with? Family members. <laughs> Not everyone likes their family. <laughs> your fa- did your family force you into the Matrix? Well, your family, the Matrix. My family forced me into the bin. Well, yeah. Was the bin a green color? Ah, uh, it's very green. The Matrix, isn't it? It's a lot yeah, of green it's in there. Green, color of money. Yeah, do you think that's it? For it was in to make it like cyber and stuff. Nah, it's to make it cyber apparently. But I reckon there's something deeper to it than that. Nature. Maybe. Nature's green. It is green, yeah. Apart from the stuff that's not green. Yeah, which exactly. is a different color. Was it blue? Wasn't even really a color until, yeah, like you know, until people could synthetically make it. Blue is the last color to have been invent- been invented as a term or a word in all of the languages. Because it just doesn't naturally occur anywhere. So well, you've got the sky, haven't you? You've got the sky but, and the sea. That yeah, yeah. Do you think when's the last time you saw the sky? I mean, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, staying indoors is way much better. <laughs> yeah, curtains closed. Yeah. Is that what was going on when you were in the Matrix? Were you, were you isolating yourself away? What was it like day to day? How long did it go on for? Oh, I isolated here? myself horrifically. Yeah. I, yeah, if I, if I could spend all my time indoors at that point, you know, I would have done it. I was also very conscious that people were out to kind of get me. And, you know, kind of before I, uh, I heard of, like, 1984, I thought there was, like, the Fort Police and... Stuff like that. I would have wrote a good book back then. It would have been interesting, but I think it would have been based on a lot of other things that have already been written. But um, Universal concepts. Yeah, yeah all the books have been written before anyway, really. Yeah. Just put together differently. I guess I had so many kind of like abusive people in my life. What kind just, of abuse are we talking here? Um, it's very mental abuse. Psychological torture. Yeah, a lot yeah. of psychological torture. Uh, there was a lot of people that I knew kind of abusing other people, which kind of led me to getting kind of police involved to kind of keep them away from me. The thought police or the normal police? The normal police. Ooh. I know. Managed to do something for once. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> uh, um. Next, um... Were those occurrences, did they make a contribution to going into the Matrix? 
Well, I I definitely had a lot of weird experiences when I was very young. I was very paranoid as a child. What sort of things were you paranoid about? I was paranoid about death because I had a lot of that. Um, you had you'd had a lot of death. I've had a lot of death in my life, and especially before I was kind of like ten years old, it was a it was kind of like really happening a lot around them. So. You know, I was paranoid about that. I I had brothers that kind of used to show me kind of like horror movies and stuff from like such a young age, and they generally creeped me out quite a bit, especially because my brothers teased me. Do you have any so, uh, repetitive dreams of any uh, stuff from the horror movies or anything? I no. <laughs> um. Oh god, I've had. I've, I've recreated scenes like before I've even seen them in movies like I remember I had like a Freddy Krueger kind of type figure kind of chasing me around in one dream uh, I remember there's a lot of zombies before like I um, saw like Thriller by Michael Jackson <laughs> it's not even a particularly scary thing but <clears throat> you know the zombies dancing is definitely trademarked by him does the dancing scare you? I don't know. I mean, I went to stage school when I was younger, and every time it came to dance class, it scared me. Was that part of the uh, trauma? Yeah, that was a little bit traumatising, to be quite honest. Knowing you can't do something and being forced into it just because you signed up to it is just not a cool thing. Psychosis. You said at the start people were chucking that name around, or word around, Um, and it was annoying you. Yeah. What's going on with that? Who are they? Who are they? Well, the kind of different mental health teams I've been picked up with have always used some sort of term of psychosis in their kind of diagnosis, but they've never really agreed with one. What what are all the different types? I know there's, like, at-risk psychosis. There is, like... Isn't there several bands of, like, psychosis, just generally? I mean, I don't really know too much about it. It's just every time I've got a letter, it's always been diagnosing me with something different. How does that feel? It's definitely not a nice thing to be diagnosed with something. Is it the um, lack of clarity? Yeah, lack of clarity. You know, the fact they can't really cure the majority of things they're just thrown out as words because they either come back or they're just incurable. Uh, I think... What would a cure look like? What would it be curing? I don't really know, to be quite honest. It would be more of like a vaccination. A vaccination yeah. would be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Immunisation against scary thoughts and paranoia and stuff like that. But what happens if what you used to think is like mediocre scary thoughts, then you take away the extreme scary thoughts and then the mediocre scary thoughts just become the extreme scary thoughts? Mm. Well, you've got to have like a scale, haven't you? You've got to have something to compare other things to. So I guess I guess you're right. They could turn into that. You think it's going to happen again? What psychosis to me? Are you a a time bomb? What do you think? I don't think I am, but I mean. So you're cured? Nah, I mean, you know, I still suffer with anxiety and. Oh, yeah, good luck getting rid of that. Depression and stuff like that. But I'm not sure I could ever really slip back into the kind of matrix again. I don't think I'm. (laughs) I'm definitely not ready for that at all. Matrix 2 next time? Matrix 2 Ryan Reloaded I should I, I should make like uh, like a little self-discovery documentary like you did what? which one? 
Well, you just filmed everything that you was doing. Oh, yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. Film it. Yeah. Tourist. What else have you got for me, then? What else have I got for you? <laughs> um, don't, don't sit on the fence. Tell us how you really feel. Go. Yeah, tell us how you really feel. What's going on? Oh. The world is... Uh, listen. Well, I, I, I was sitting in, in a... Um, interviewing panel for oh you're allowed to talk about that i mean i'll just briefly not say too much about it but there definitely were some people without naming them who were <laughs> you know, as much as anyone would love to just shove names out there and name drop all these people you know these in the mental health kind of world of help and stuff some of these people should not be working just full stop. Some of them should just get just in shouldn't the bin. have any jobs. Get in a ninety-five percent bin, shouldn't they? I mean, have you experienced that? Uh, yeah, but I like to give some people the benefit of the doubt if I can. Sometimes can't. It's hard to know if you're just going to get a whole ninety-five percent of people at once. <laughs> I'd need to judge it case by case, but then that would be time-consuming. So, what are your kind of um, classifications for them? Well, judging people is quite interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Sitting it's, on like an interview fun. panel is just fun. It's funny. It is funny. Watching Especially... people squirm. <laughs> Why were you on an so interview say... panel then? Um, you some sort of business hotshot? Nah, because you know, because I've suffered with like mental health problems in the past, and I'm young, which is everyone everyone's favourite thing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm not like lowly to young, but um, oh. <laughs> but um, people love to hear from a crazy young person who's been somewhat cured, and they want their input on things. Well, I was just gonna say that some people really in the kind of system, I don't know how they're working. <laughs> I I don't know how they're still working their jobs. To be quite honest, why? Because you found them out. Is that it? Well, I mean, as You'd hope other people would have found them out. Yeah, yeah. you, you just spent ten minutes with them, and you're like, "How's this person tied their shoes this morning?" Exactly. <laughs> Some of the things that people came out with was just so odd and so like the way they just disconnected themselves from work and put themselves into normal life. It was just very unhuman. If I was doing a job like caring for someone, I would probably be thinking about them in my downtime as well. I don't think people can ever fully separate themselves from something because there's always going to be sort of memories and some feeling of when you have to deal with that person or time. You can feel something. You don't have to let it become more than that necessarily sometimes. It's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? No, it's not a bad thing, you know, going home and thinking about it. But I think people that manage to just shut themselves from, like, shut themselves off from something, it's just, it's really quite strange, really. Does it make you think of serial killers again? Um, yeah, to a degree. You know, I mean, what's your view on psychopaths? Yeah, I don't know, really. don't know if they're a real thing or not. I know there's checklists and they're supposed to have something wrong with their brain the um the, the amygdala is that it yeah they're supposed to have an underactive amygdala which means they don't feel anxious and stuff something like that so i don't know there's definitely some people with those traits 
Sure. Yeah, I've I've definitely known a few people that are completely detached from human like empathy and can't give sympathy at all. You know, just fake themselves through life. And they are like you know the people that I've put in the bin. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know these people are like something else. They are monsters. So I think there is like I think there's a something to kind of like psychopath kind of test in general, but I'm not really sure because you know how do we measure what a psychopath is? Do you reckon you're a psychopath? Uh, I you wish? No. Huh? Oh God, no. I don't. I don't think I could cope. You with said that. earlier you wanted to get rid of your anxiety though. As psychopaths, they don't have that. It's a trade off. It's always a trade off. It is always a trade off. Yeah. I mean, having no anxiety at all would just be horrific. Well, you can't have it both ways, can you? No, you, you just can't. need to find a sweet spot. But, you know, it helps make choices, doesn't it? Yeah. Anxiety. Well, I don't know. I've seen you with the meal deals at least 10 minutes. Multiple times I've seen you decide on a meal deal compilation. Oh, yeah. I like to get my bang for a buck. Yeah. You know, I like to get as much bang as I can. You're not just thinking about what you want to eat. You're thinking about getting a good deal. Absolutely. I think getting a good deal is, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not something you should be working on all the time. But if you can get a good deal now, then you can have some more money a bit later to put into something you actually want. So is good deal just about saving money, though? Or is it about, like you were saying earlier, value? Hmm. Taste for value. Trade-offs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Taste for value. It's a trade-off, definitely. I mean, if I can spend something that's, like, one of the most expensive things in the world, but it's only a few times better than another thing, I'm not going to do it. Because the value ratio is just out. Taste value. What are your values as a human being? My values as a human being. Um, are they just straight off the Georgia Guidestones again? <laughs> um, I don't know. Give me some examples of values. <laughs> values? Like, yeah. Whoa. Why? Who's a psychopath now? I know, right? Let me study your values. <laughs> I don't know. I shall not kill. That's what God told me as one, right? Yeah, but everyone's killed something in their life, haven't they? Oh, God. All right. Picking holes. I am picking holes. I mean, how many of being the Ten kind, Commandments Being you... kind to people and stuff. How many of the Ten Commandments have I broke? Yeah. Don't know. I, have, I haven't obeyed them either. No. But probably there's some crossover there. You're pretty bad Jesus if you were Jesus at one point. Why? Why? You broke all the Ten Commandments, pretty much. No, I haven't. Well, I mean, you just didn't follow them, at least. Yeah. Well, did you Did you start following them when you were Jesus? No, that's interesting, actually. Oh. Did you? Uh, you didn't start actually, killing people or what? No, I um, I did go vegetarian. Oh, yeah, but no one... That's not in the Ten Commandments. No, it's not. <laughs> but I did start going to church. I did start engulfing myself in sort of... When you went crazy, you went to church. Oh yeah, I went to church. I went, went to church searching. Hard. Yeah, I went to church hard. Yeah, I, I thought I'd probably be a pastor by the end of it. You know, by the end of my life. But you, were you a religious person before? Uh, I don't know. I went to kind of religious primary school, so we always had. I think every primary school pretty much had it. You know, the amens at the end of assembly and. What not? Did you have that? Yeah, they used to try and make me pray. Yeah, what well, did you do? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. Just didn't. 
I'm not gonna do it. They can, <laughs> always, you know, they catch you in there. Everyone else would be like doing a little prayer or whatever, reading some crap. And then, you know, one of the old mustache teachers would just be like, click their fingers at you and be like, get your head down. And I'd be like, no, shake my head. Not really. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then get, I go in trouble in religious education quite a lot of times. For not praying or? No, for just asking questions, you know. Yeah, and I, I did... Um, I did an RE exam where one of the questions, I can't remember what it was, but I answered it saying that maybe Crocodile Dundee could be God and Spider-Man could be Jesus. <laughs> and then they sent a letter home saying it was, I was in trouble for it. I had to, had to do a detention for it, but they never responded to my theory. So I'm still holding that grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you want to challenge in the future? I don't see why not. I don't see why why I can't think of Crocodile Dundee as God. So who are your personal gods? Just me. Just you? Yeah. I'm God. So you still are God? Yeah, because if I kill myself, then I end the world. So basically God, aren't I? Yeah. I mean, if you think of it, humans have the ability to create and destroy life. Oh, yeah. I mean, what else we does God have? We do a fucking have? good job at it as well, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. There's anyone... There's one thing we're good at. Two things. It's killing and... Fucking. Well, yeah. I guess <laughs> I want to put it like that. I was thinking about, like, Lego or something. But no, not everyone's good at making Lego. I'm not good at making Lego. You're probably better at making Lego than, like, a cat or a goat or something. Aren't you? <laughs> Aren't you? Um, there's some cows yeah. outside now we could... Have a little competition, but it wouldn't really fit the audio medium. No, it wouldn't. We'd have to get a translator in. Yeah. Just go to... What, what one a cow of, translator? No. no, just go to someone's, you know... Going back to what you were saying about giving the monkeys drugs and stuff, what do you think is more unethical, teaching a monkey sign language or giving it drugs? I have seen some sort of, like, animals actually previously... Like, monkeys, obviously doing like hand signals for yeah. certain things yeah there's a couple of um apes is it i think it's just gorillas that can do it isn't it yeah i don't know we're not david Attenborough, are we but no we're not let's just say all monkeys and all apes can do it yeah it's um what is it theorized that neanderthals use sign, uh, sign language tell me some more psychosis stuff then let me get my money's worth here get you want to get your bang for your buck yeah yeah i need to get the good deal (laughs) you want to get the good deal yeah right um okay i guess something what did wind me up a lot which did trigger psychosis a bit is having tinnitus yeah what is that it's um obviously i know i'm just asking for the listeners obviously so tinnitus is a condition which happens when you destroy the inner hair that vibrates to pick up sound in your ear ruins your hearing yeah temporarily no permanently oh yeah yeah i've been to doctors and uh hospital about it you're not deaf though are you no i'm not deaf but i just can't bear silence at all i remember in uni like all the uh, tv studios were completely dead silent because of like soundproofing and it was just the worst thing i ever ever walked into the sound of silence the sound of silence is horrific for someone who gets tinnitus. Not for Simon and Garfunkel fans. No. <laughs> I do like Simon and Garfunkel, but I oh. disagree with them. Oh. Does that say something about my psychosis in the past? What? So you like Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah. Is that, what, that offers a window into your madness? Probably, yeah. What, that you like them? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're all right. They've got a few good songs, haven't they? People seem to like them. I haven't got anything against them. Yeah. Because I, you know, I knew that I was either hallucinating it or I just had no conception of what was happening. Hallucinating the sound. Yeah. What did it sound like? Could you do an impression? <laughs> we should make use of the audio medium. We yeah. should. Could you do one? I'm just trying to think what my tinnitus sounds like. It's mostly like it's forever. <laughs> it's the worst thing. It's not even subtle either. You know, I have to sleep with like music on because otherwise I just can't sleep. Well, you can hear that all the time. I can hear that all the time. You can hear it now? Yeah. I can't. You can't hear it. If you came up to my head, you might be able to hear it. Really? No. <laughs> like a seashell? Well, I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Like, um, when you've got a seashell on your ear. Oh, yeah? Is that, is that like what it is? blocking all sound out. Oh. Oh, so you got rid of the hairs and now it's a seashell. You've basically got a seashell in your ear. Yeah. Because seashells don't have hair. Exactly. Apart from the hairy ones. Exactly. Mm. Have you got any drama for us? That's what drama. we're here. we're all here for the drama. I know. Let's look at this like we were a newspaper. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Give us those ones. Yeah. I. You know. I. I. I can go into it. Yeah. Go into it. Um, Bring us into it. So the kind of first experience with panic attacks that I suffered with, and kind of hallucination at the same time, was when I was peer pressured into doing cannabis from a light bulb that I was I was told after by other people that it was laced with other drugs these people were massive bullshitters you know they were just wankers so I didn't know what to believe from them anyway and uh but you know they were my friends at the time because I was such a fucking outcast throughout fucking life (laughs) I probably still am oh I know, right? Get some sympathy. <laughs> should get some retweets for that. Um, <laughs> I should start a hashtag, shouldn't I? What? Friends for Ryan. Hashtag friends for Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that then. Yeah, friends yeah. for Ryan. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if anyone listening to this wants to support Ryan's campaign, just tweet hashtag friends for Ryan. Exactly. So um, you know, I it kind of went okay i mean i just felt a bit kind of lightheaded and stuff then this is we're, started, we're in a reef of madness still yeah yeah the devil's in, roots in the devil's roots yeah. and i started to just feel a bit lightheaded and stuff it was kind of like being horrifically drunk like horrifically you, so you always say you like it you want to black out or brown out no i don't i never want to brown out really <laughs> no so you, you love just getting really really drunk i love getting possible. really drunk but I just don't like browning out or blacking out. What, so was this reefer more like uh It was more like blacking that. out, was it? Yeah, it was yeah. very patchy. Yeah. And, um... You weren't enjoying it? No. no. You know, the people I was with... Bob Marley's off. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Marley weren't involved at all. There was no peace in this whatsoever. Maybe you would have had a better time if Bob Marley was involved. I think I would have, to be quite honest. What happened was... They ended up getting me to do more, so I naturally did, because I thought I was having an interesting time, I think. I don't really remember. I remember just being kind of, like, under kind of power of kind of control at that point. And so then took two more hits, killed the whole bud. Picked up that lingo. (laughs) Yeah. 
But you know about drugs. Yeah, I've seen a lot of drug documentaries and stuff. But you yeah. watched um, The Wire. Oh, yeah, I've seen The Wire. Yeah, you watched The Wire. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you've watched The Wire, you're basically a drug dealer, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. You know all, all you know the ins and outs, how to pull it off, how to take it down. You've seen Breaking Bad, you know how to make meth. Yeah. To a degree. Completely. Just put some blue liquid and sugar together. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it took some more hits from the... Um, from the light bulb. Fucking light bulb yeah. of truth. Now, was it the light bulb that they peer pressured you into it? Did you want to pursue a different option? Um, Where, like, you've got to do it out of the light bulb. <laughs> I didn't. I you know, suck the light bulb. I don't particularly remember wanting to do any more at that point at all, despite not really wanting to do it in the first place. Um, but I just remember going for it, and it was just very automatic. The whole kind of sensation, and then the moment I took like two more hits from it and completely killed it off, uh, I ended up passing out, and then I kind of woke up again and then the panic attack started and it was like repetitive when i've had panic attacks in the past it's very repetitive like i'll kind of look at something and it'd just be like having deja vu over and over again so um you know i ended up looking at my friend at the time and he's you know he said are you okay and then i just passed out again woke up again same thing happened passed out again and it, it just repeated for about four or five times and you know, looking back on that now, that was definitely like a panic attack. But then, you know, it just went downhill from then because these people were very abusive, kind of like mentally. And, <laughs> you know, they were abusive to other people, which obviously I can't start name dropping. They did give you much. free drugs, though, so it's all trade offs, isn't it? I suppose it is, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Getting something for free. Yeah. Getting a deal. Yeah, you got a good deal. I got maybe, a yeah. Good deal. You got a deal, but let's not say whether it's good or not. I got enlightenment. Yeah. So then they started telling me to do things and What sort of things? Sinister things? I remember particularly being told to bite the furniture. And yeah, I left quite a few dents on kind of like this um little bedside table. And I fucked up my teeth as well, which wasn't good. That was not nice. And then I remember music playing and stuff. Why did they want you to bite the tables? They wanted me to be an anteater or something. They said something along the lines of an anteater, and I initially thought ants. Ants probably chew furniture. And for some reason I just dropped to the floor and just started gnawing on the furniture. Yeah, it was, it was not good. Um, so then I remember getting up, couldn't really walk, I was staggering all over the place. They started playing music, and, you know, probably what I should mention is that at the time of all these things happening, I was asking them, are you telling me to do things? Are you playing music and all this kind of stuff? And they were saying, oh, no, we weren't. Uh, you know, you're just like... You're just going crazy, pretty much. So you thought it was just coming out of thin air, all these yeah. directions? I thought it was. I thought it was just myself, like, fucking up. And uh, I remember hearing, like, Mario music and stuff. I think I must have put Mario theme song Just the theme song? Yeah. And that was very trippy, because it started bringing in kind of, like, almost, like, overlays, like, in my vision of, like, the Game Boy Oh, you were tripping. I was tripping. Yeah. I was tripping very hard. Um, 
so then that you know that kind of made it a lot worse uh passed out again <laughs> there was a point of when i woke up again still like fully in this kind of horrific panic attack i mean i'm not sure how long panic attacks can actually last for before killing you but i think i've definitely went over the limit so, so you should be dead i think i'm either dead right now or i should be dead <laughs> where did it tumble so i ended up going to the window and the window's open I thought it'd be a great opportunity to fly uh-huh. yeah. everyone wants to fly everyone wants yeah. to fly when they're high and I tried to climb out the window and I ended up getting stopped because I think they realised I was at a really bad point at that point but it didn't stop them being dicks so I went out into the garden um, you know tried to take off from the ground <laughs> no <laughs> no, <laughs> I just went out to the garden to crash out and trying to get some fresh air. So they had to sneak me past all the people in the house because this guy, you know, who I was friends with, was so um, he was he was pretending that it was anti-drugs, anti-drinking, and all this kind of shit because his parents were like some fucked up couple. <laughs> he had a dad uncle, if you get what I mean. We'll let the listeners judge. A dad uncle. So, um, you know, I went out to the garden, passed out. Remember just not being able to see anything. I thought I was blind. I must have had my eyes closed, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I always think I'm blind when my eyes are closed. Yeah, and time. Just periodically when I blink. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Time went by, like, it, it felt like it was days. Like, all I kept saying is, I want to go home. You know, just ring my mum up and all that kind of stuff. What were they doing? Up. And they just laughing. Were they laughing? Probably spitting on you, aren't they? To be quite honest, I don't really know. They could have been. Let's say they were. Yeah, they probably were, to be yeah. quite honest, because it does get worse later on in the story. We need something to balance out them and stopping you jumping out the window, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, so, so we'll go with the spin. They said, okay, we'll go for a walk. And they knew, I, they knew that I had a fucking horrific, horrific fear of horses. So they took me to the fucking local wildlife reserve. Next to the wildlife reserve was um, farms. In those farms were a fucking ton of horses. And I know I th- where this going. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they must have felt guilty at this point because they were trying to make sure I didn't see the horses. And I just passed out in the field again. You know, it was just repetitive passing out. It was horrific. And so... That happened, passed out. It was horses just around me, like I was some sort oh, of so horse king. to horses, like you're a horse king. Like, luckily enough, I didn't see him because I would have fucking horse kings, freaked. They're not waking up on the floor, horse kings, are they? No. They're waking up in four-poster beds with crowns, being served grapes and yogurts. Absolutely. Yeah. So but you didn't have any of that? No, luckily enough, I think I must have just completely managed to avoid seeing the horses. Just before I left, though... How did you know you were a horse king? Oh, no, I got I got told after. Oh. Um, you know, because along the line, of all, after all this happened, I got one of them really pissed, like, at some party, and I got him to admit everything that they'd been doing on the night to, like, fuck with me. Yeah? Yeah. And what did then, you do? You had them tied up or what? Is <laughs> when you thought you could be a serial killer? Uh I did. I did organise. You had some potential, isn't it? I did organise a little event, just through word of mouth, to you know, do some damage. Oh, 
revenge. <laughs> yeah. I won't go too much into that because, you know... Yeah, we want to go into that. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to go into yeah, that. Yeah, vengeance. Everyone loves vengeance. I, I just, wired for it. I just gathered a few friends and um, we, we decided it was probably time to really fuck them up. In what way? Physical. You're going to get physical with them. Yeah. What are you going to do them in? Yeah, I, I had all these plans for, like, kind of murder and like, <laughs> disposing bodies. And How old were you at this point? I was uh, 16. No, I was 15. 16, oh, yeah. Okay. I was 16. I was very into Criminal Minds and CSI and the Anarchist Cookbook and... Probably all sorts of rock music and video games, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I reckon I could pull off the perfect murder, to be quite honest. You know, going back to being in that field... They told me to jump into a fucking form bush. And you did? Yeah. Why do you keep doing what they're telling you to? Because I thought it was my consciousness kind of telling me to do things. Yeah. But turns out it was just them fucking around with me. Also, oh, you didn't see them? You couldn't see them or what? I, I could barely see them. I could barely see what I was fucking walking into. Oh, you are in just such a drowsy... I was in such a state. Stupor. Yeah. And so I jumped into this fawn bush, um, ended up having, like, fawns stuck in my hand, you know, my hands and my elbows and my general body <laughs> um, for a quite a long time after that. Did you emerge in a crown of thorns? <laughs> I emerged from a crown of stinging nettles after they told me to sleep in it. What, you just slept in it? Yeah. Well, you slept in stinging nettles? Yeah. Um, oh, but actually, there was a point of where, like, I had enough of them telling me to do shit, because I think I kind of snapped into thinking that they were telling me to do stuff, or they were just freaking me out in general, when I was at the house, and I did pick up a knife, and I did Ooh. slow motion, try and stab him. <laughs> yeah, it was really odd, like... Do you regret that, that you it was only attempted murder? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You still, you still thirst for their blood? Yeah, I definitely yeah. do. Um, can you can you ever forgive him? Uh, Did this whole thing initiate you going crazy? Definitely. Yeah. Because you know what was, what was more to blame then? Is it the weed or the the uh, these people being dicks auditioning for the bin? I think maybe I think it was the weed. I think that really did tip it. But you know, I wasn't in a great place because I was friends with a fucking bunch of assholes. So you know, I definitely was being drugged down. Drag down, drag down, drag down. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wasn't in a particularly great state, you know, just happily, happy-wise. You know, it was just fucking miserable anyway. And they were toxic people, you know, they just hated everyone else. And So when did the like, hallucinations or crazy stuff start off from, from that point? So I had quite a lot of different times when hallucinations and stuff started um it was in the panic attacks mostly you uh, didn't get sectioned did you i didn't get you kept it secret enough yeah i managed to act normal enough and sane enough that people didn't even realize even though i thought everyone else is out to get me and there was no help in the world and i thought if i told someone i would get killed or something like that and no one had any idea what was going on and no one had an idea not even your mum or anything my mum like what's going on my mum I told her after about 18 months something like that did you tell her I I started to realise during that kind of 18 month period I was seeing a counsellor before that anyway and he 
he he was he he eventually picked up on kind of like the fact I was having panic attacks and I kind of told him that I ended up getting into that situation and he said to me um you know I can help you tell your mum and all that kind of stuff and I said no I'll just keep it a secret and I'll just try and go along and try and just do well with counselling what were you trying to keep a secret and why then um well once well, you were trying to keep the panic attack secret or the craziness the craziness um so you know like after like 18 months i ended up telling my mum with one of my friends who uh was friends with those people that weren't we started hating them after basically oh, you, you split off like a rogue self yeah me yeah. and this other guy just completely split off from them and just went our own way um because i ended up getting the police involved with them and all that kind of stuff and various other things that they'd done um to other people uh so owned up to my mum she she actually thought that i was trying to hide the fact i was gay or something really yeah she thought i was suffering the fact that she thought that i was gay um which i don't know why she thought it was such a bad thing to think that i was thinking that old-fashioned yeah my mum my mum's not old-fashioned at all she's like you know well people do do that i don't know so. yeah but, you know, being, growing up in this kind of era, there's not really many homophobes out there, are there? Oh. In yeah. our age range, really? Yeah, of course there are. There's loads. I don't know. I guess I don't surround myself with them. No, yeah. Neither do I, but they're definitely out there. So, um, you know, I told her, and then she started telling me about the fact she used to have panic attacks and all that kind of stuff. And I guess we kind of bonded over that. Um because during that kind of time of where I was having panic attacks and all that kind of stuff, uh, I was completely separating myself from a lot of people, and that did include my mum. And it was difficult because I felt very rogue in the whole kind of thing. You weren't going around telling everyone what was going on? Uh, no, I wasn't. I I thought that if someone caught on to me, then it'd be the end of me. Because that was just the way I thought. I was just so paranoid all the time. You didn't have, like, a special Jesus message? No, I didn't have a special Jesus message. Did you feel like you did? I thought I was the only person alive. You thought there was something... Did you think you had some sort of secret in your head that you'd been given or made privy to? Not really. You know, I did kind of suffer with the kind of Jesus complex, thinking I was the one and all that kind of stuff, but not really with a religious kind of message. just thought that I was going to be this almighty, powerful kind of being that is way above everyone else and you know can't do no wrong and but um i never what happened (laughs) oh god like i guess i just where did it go wrong uh, once i started getting the counseling it just went downhill (laughs) it just broke me down a lot you could have been a god i could have been a god i could have been with that russian dude me and him jesus and moses maybe when did you realize there was like a problem that you needed to get fixed and cured and stuff then i started researching into kind of what weed did and the other drugs were apparently were laced into it um so i 18 months later no just during that time like well into that time so you you got on like talk to frank and talk to frank was like if you smoke weed you'll go crazy you watch reefer madness yeah yeah pretty much and you know, it kind of was mentioned in all these things that it took me a long time to find all this information because I was 
I was scared about typing it into my fucking browser and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought, you know, that might have, like, kicked me back in the face with, like, government finding out that I was actually mental or, you know, just unusual. Now they know. Now they know. You know, um, you know, it took me a long time to realise that it was kind of panic attacks when my counsellor kind of confirmed it. I stopped having that counsellor because he had to move because the government decided to shut down the NSPCC counselling services in my town, which was great of them. Classic. Classic government. You know, classic government without offering any additional help anywhere else. So, you know, thank you. But they weren't weren't saying like, um, they weren't like, oh, you've got psychosis though. No, no. People just thought I had you know any kind of medical professional at that time just thought i had depression is that because you were not telling them yeah what was going on i was i was sitting in a very kind of you know well preserved and presented manner you didn't feel comfortable to share that with them or you just thought something bad would happen i thought something bad would happen yeah yeah um so uh, yeah it's just you know it's grim is the worst is absolutely the worst and i've never really wished it upon people what going through the stuff i kind of suffered with at that time i can sense a butt coming but yeah i would give it to certain people why because you know i think if you're willing to put you know do that much damage to someone you should probably have the fucking same damage done back to you shouldn't you really it's like you shouldn't really cause harm unless you're willing to be harmed yeah, in a perfect world, yeah, I guess. In the perfect world, yeah. But an eye for an eye makes the world blind, doesn't it? It does. That's what Gandhi said. It does. But, I don't know, I think if Gandhi suffered with fucking psychosis, I'm not sure. So is there no, you didn't have any positive stuff come out of it? You didn't find out you're a shaman or anything? No, I didn't have anything positive whatsoever come out of the psychotic episode that I experienced at that time. I did have a kind of another kind of psychotic episode um, a couple of years ago, but it wasn't as bad. What was that like? Then? Uh, I was just more kind of like just having a few kind of voices and um, what kind of voices? Mostly, all the voices I ever experienced were like people, like a cluster of people shouting stuff at me, like a shouting crowd. my name. Yeah, like a crowd, uh, yeah. cloud of um, cloud, a crowd of people, crowd of people <laughs> shouting your name. Yeah, Are they telling you to do stuff. Uh, no, because I couldn't distinguish what they was telling me to do. Yeah, it was just muffled. Or... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's like four or five voices into it. Better than the tinnitus, is that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No. I, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a very level kind of... You know, I sort of, it's weird to say that, but it's very level. Two things I don't want to experience at the same height. As I kind of got on past that stage, I realised uh, I was suffering from anxiety, depression you know, did suffer with psychosis. Uh, I was definitely at risk of psychosis because I was just very fragile. Um, Suffered with... They just love to give you so many different ones for anxiety, don't they? Social anxiety. Um, What else is there over anxiety-wise? There is quite a few. Oh, yeah. Let's get the list of anxiety disorders up. Yeah. Generalised anxiety disorder. Yeah. Panic disorder. Yeah. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Is that an anxiety disorder? Yeah. Phobias. Phobias count as anxiety disorders. Yeah. I had all of them. Still what, probably so have some. I'm scared of, of flying. I've got an anxiety disorder. 
Oh, I guess it is kind of. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with being scared of flying. It's a really weird thing. In the perfect world, you you shouldn't be having anxiety about stuff like that. What even spiders and snakes? Me being scared of spiders and snakes is a anxiety disorder. Well, not little diddy ones and stuff like that, like non-harmful snakes. There's and a good reason. Spiders. There's a good reason why spiders and snakes scare us. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I'm not, not having this. Like, what we need is the DSM, isn't it? I'm just on the Mind website. Mm. There's only like seven. There's, anyway, there's got to be like fifty of them or something. Yeah, there, I got I got diagnosed with like a lot of them, and it just kept you know building up, and everyone just loved to just slap a new one on every time yeah. I went and saw them. And Did you be, feel like a um, it's like a Coke bottle going through a Coke factory having Coke Zero, yeah. Coke Diet, Coke Caffeine Free? You just want to know which Coke you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think maybe we kind of suffered um, different kind of things in a sense of going through you. the system. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got um, sectioned. I didn't get sectioned. I imagine because you did get sectioned that people were like fucking on your case all the time. You know, yeah. just not leaving you alone. Yeah. With me, it was just like, oh, here you go. Go to this mental health service. Because you're not crazy enough. Because yeah, because yeah. during the kind of um, uh, you know appointment process and kind of counselling and stuff, what I was saying, I was very much holding everything back, and I, you know, even up to like today, I still don't say everything in like sort of sessions that I have like that. Why not? I don't know. I've always had like a real kind of bad sense of embarrassment, and I just don't want people judging me. That's fair enough. And, um, you know, there's just some things... It's just easier to write down in, like, a diary. Why don't they let you do that, then? And then be like, oh, I've read your diary. Do you know, I did did have um, one uh, care worker that did look at, kind of, my writings, and he read them all, and... uh, (laughs) He didn't say anything particularly great about the end of it. He didn't really say anything... Apart from, oh, I think you're addicted. <laughs> you're addicted? Yeah. To what? Because, like, I, I've, I've gone, um, I've, like, damaged, like, my neck, and... Oh, I've, the painkillers? Yeah. You're addicted to drugs. So, you know, because I take painkillers for, like, my back, my neck, my jaw, and, uh, like, my fucking fingers, which started to go really bad recently. What do you mean, go really bad? Well, I had a car crash, like, last year, and apparently I've got nerve damage in my neck, and they've started to tingle my fingers. Ooh. And so that's kind of been really uncomfortable. But I did get a drug that did um, stop the tingling, which is pretty good, and it did stop the pain running down my arm. So, uh, you know, that's pretty good. But, you know, this guy thought that, oh, no, instead of using any of what you said, I'll just... Remark that you're addicted to painkillers. <laughs> what? Instead of... You have, like, mental health. Yeah, instead of, like, saying, oh, you know, that must have been traumatising for you. You know, yeah. do you want to speak about that? It was, I think you're addicted to painkillers. The end. Did you say you thought he was a dick? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have enough time to do that because he kind of just dropped out <laughs> all of a sudden because he decided to drop my case and fuck off back to Brighton. <laughs> Boom. Um, so you really wanted the help. Oh, yeah. I was the opposite, and I was like, nah, I don't want to talk to any of these people. 
you know, I still do want the help. Um, since I've kind of met you and learnt more about oh. mental yeah, health and me. all kind of stuff. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from you. But yeah, I've got nothing to say about it. Like, um, you know, just learning in general, I've noticed that it's just a very fine line in terms of, uh, I don't know. What's crazy and what's not crazy. Yeah, exactly. Or what people want. Well, exactly. It's crazy and what's and it's not. it's a profitable industry, isn't oh, it? It's a fucking profitable industry. And billions you know, and billions and billions. Exactly. I do wonder, I was wondering the other day actually, if we just got rid of the mental health system and just let people sort of recover themselves, what would happen? Yeah, it would we be interesting. Because there's got to be loads of people that have similar problems that don't get caught up in the mental health system or manage to avoid it that have, you know, they get better or they don't let it affect their lives. Yeah, I mean, you know, I we've met some people, I guess, that have yeah. just kind of... Yeah, gone off to nature and well, there's loads of people that hear voices and stuff and don't don't feel that it affects their life negatively. It's a weird thing to say that we might not necessarily need a whole mental health system, blah blah, blah. but we don't know, do we? No, I think they should be more focused on other stuff. Does a lot, does a lot of paternalizing without any real compassion. Like it just wants to keep (laughs) you safe more than anything. It wants to keep them safe. Yeah, they must be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. I mean, there's that, isn't there? They want to be kept safe. They want to keep you safe, so it keeps them safe. Mm. They don't want you to risk anything because it means they're risking something. Obviously, that's just the system as a whole, isn't it? I think there are a bunch of people that are nice who work in there. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've started to meet some people that are quite nice, but I mean, I've been dropped from like a service recently, and you know, because I wasn't at risk enough. And also, I heard from an insider that they were having budget cuts. So, you know, what was what was really the problem? Do you want to? Uh, does part of you want to go really crazy and then end up with them and be like, "Ah, told you." See, my uh, <laughs> my mum's always saying, you know, get rid of me now. Play it on your worst days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, just keep in mind what you feel on the worst days what do you want from them what do you want from them anyway you know i don't even know i had a moment (laughs) i feel okay like (laughs) i feel relatively okay i cut out some uh like stuff that bin people is that it bin people you cut out big people bin in spree yeah yeah no i i cut out some um like medication and you know i'm feeling all right now but you know, it's still like bits of anxiety lingering and that kind of stuff. I don't know if it'll ever go, to be quite honest. Yeah, well, you know, definitely. I think a lot of it is just growing up. But how old are you? Uh, twenty-three. Yeah, there you go. Still growing up. Exactly. So you know, I don't particularly want to go back onto like heavy antipsychotics. I wouldn't mind some things that I've had prescribed in the past. A little bit of Valium. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone finds Valium helps, and I. I'm definitely one yeah. that does love the fact that it helps. You know, I think if that, if I could have enough of that prescribed to me, I think I'd probably be fine. You you wouldn't want anything to do with them if you they just sort you out. <laughs> Most like a likely. Life, so a good deal for you from the mental health service is like a lifetime supply of Valium and then you just leave them alone. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest, they've just left me alone. So why don't you go? And, why don't you go and chain yourself to? their headquarters and say you're not leaving until you get a lifetime supply of Valium <laughs> you know they're good for it yeah well if I go to um, 
if I go to America, they'd do it there, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. They're a little bit stricter in Britain. If you're going to go to America, you might as well just go to Mexico. Mexico? Yeah. Why? Well, that's where you can get... Oh, really? Yeah, well, it's going to be easier for you. I suppose it would yeah. be, yeah. I guess, I don't know, I've had so much counselling in my lifetime, I don't know if I uh, could be bothered to just fucking bring up the old shit again, you know what I mean? I don't know, apparently I'm on like some sort of uh, list for counselling and I'm getting peer support at the moment, which is good. You're getting some CBT, is that coming your way? (sighs) CBT? What? (sighs) CBT is just... It does not work. There's just a new study come out, actually. I don't know much about it and probably shouldn't even talk about it because I have no yeah. idea what's going on with the science stuff. But um said that most people, when it's given for depression and anxiety, most people relapse Yeah. after a year and a good portion as well within six months. So it doesn't have that good long-term outcomes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they give you somewhere between seven to like 16 uh, appointments with a counsellor and is that really enough to impact someone's life in such a dramatic way that they're going to feel fixed afterwards yeah I think a lot of it is as well the person that you're doing it with because I think there's like an expectation that you should get along with every single human being Yeah, when really you're going to be pretty lucky to meet the therapist that's like you instantly sort of click with and then get down to business in a few hours and sort all your problems out yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think there must be other things that are much more helpful than CBT out there, which they just don't want to put money into. Because CBT is cheap, you know, you can do a course in it and you could be a certified yeah. fucking counsellor. What do you want more instead then? I... <sighs> you want to do some uh, word association and stuff? No. <laughs> I don't know, it's like a mixture of being busy and then having time to actually just do fuck all. What do you mean? What in the... Like in I, the sessions? No, not just like just being left alone from all that shit. What shit? Just from like having counselling and all that kind oh. of stuff. You know, you don't want to talk to anyone. About sometimes it. it feels nice to talk to someone, but yeah. having it in a kind of structured way of where you have to go week after week or bi-weekly or some shit like that. It's just a bit weird. It's just a bit weird and awkward. During two weeks or one week, you don't really get much done. Would it be better if it was just? Um... Not in a crappy little room. I think it would be better if it was kind of like you can have it when you want it. Yeah. So like like? just kind of turn up and, you know, I guess like a drop-in centre or something like that. And just just like have have a half an hour, an hour chat and just fuck off again until you feel shit again. You want robots to do that, really. You do want robots to do that. Like online robots. Exactly. Um... Cats. Cats are pretty good for it. Yeah, why don't they have some... Um, cat therapy. Yeah, they should get some cats and dogs in more mental health places. Just, they should. Just live in there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't have a dog in the mental hospital I was in. It would have been so much better than... Yeah, for injections in the yeah. arse. <laughs> just, yeah, I would have been. I would have been had such a better time if uh, there's a dog or a cat around I could have just hung out with. It's got to be high tech, it's got to be a human. Yeah. You can't have dogs here. You don't want to hang around with other humans when you're feeling in such a vulnerable state. Unless they're kind of significant to you in some way or another. Well, and you the, actually like them and don't want to put them in the bin. The staff, you don't want... You know, it's hard to open up to the staff when you're in that situation, I think, because they're a threat to you. Yeah. Vulnerable. It's just a very fine line. You can't say too much in kind of sessions because, you know, they're happy enough to 
get authorities involved and have you what because as soon as you say so it's all right saying you're scared of heights but as soon as you say i want to be a serial killer yeah or (laughs) i want to kill myself if i have to go to this height of you know somewhere that i go to frequently you know if you say you want to kill yourself or you um you know just fucking lash out on someone or you know even if it is figuratively mental health services has a problem with anger doesn't it like it doesn't know how to deal with anger it says if you're angry you're like a difficult patient or dangerous whereas there should be a little bit more attention paid to not only acknowledging people should be angry at certain points or might be angry at certain points should be some appreciation of why they're angry and yeah. anger's not all bad either I don't think anger's necessarily a bad emotion no I think like you know if I was personally some sort of therapist in one way or another you'd be an angry therapist right? <laughs> I would be an angry yeah. therapist but you know if I was tell uh, me what's the, troubling you in the room with someone else who was getting angry I wouldn't um, be like alright oh, better get someone else involved right now you know, I just let them, as long as it wasn't harming me, or they weren't running out the door to go fucking knife someone. <laughs> you know, do you think that's it's ever okay happened? to. <sighs> do you think anyone's ever run out of a therapy session and knifed someone? Do you know, I reckon it probably has, because people bring up a lot of stuff in therapy sessions that they don't really want to remember. I wonder how many therapists have been, like, stabbed to death, like, in session. Yeah, so one to Google and that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out happening, but can't have happened that often. Because you're too. No. If you're going to be stabbing people, I think you're in that territory where you're sectioned. You're, you? you're too crazy yeah. for them to see you. So you go over the edge of you know we won't talk to you. You know if you're not crazy enough, they won't see you. Gotta be right around that sweet spot. You've got to be at the right sweet spot to have therapy. You've got to be at the right sweet spot to be sectioned. And you've got to be at the right sweet spot to go unnoticed and actually do stuff like that. Let's turn this round upside down then. Let's wrap this up. What does Ryan's mental health system look like? Perfect world, utopia. My is it like the Matrix? Just to have everyone plugged in and then you just beam in a program to them, tell them what's up? I don't know. It'd probably be, you know, if they're putting fluoride into fucking tap water, shove a little bit of Valium in there, calm yeah. everyone's anxieties. Just put all the drugs into the water. Exactly. We're wasting a lot of resources having these doctor's appointments and stuff. Just get it all in the water. Get it in everyone. Job done. Don't need any more of this. Absolutely. Pharmacies, you're in the bin. Exactly. Doctors, half of you, you're in the bin. There we go. Teresa, give me a ring. I've got lots of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa May's definitely been on some sort of wacky stuff in the past. (laughs) Whether whether that's just her own kind of like, you know, serotonin or some shit like that. I don't think she's a real person. Nah, I don't. I, you know, I think that there are lizards. I think she's beyond lizard. I think she's like a mecha lizard. Mecha. She's like mech Godzilla, robot Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, but smaller. You can imagine that. Smaller? I don't yeah. know. She looks quite tall on TV, doesn't she's she? She's got really long arms, hasn't she? She's, she's like a honey me? monster. She's yeah. fucking lanky as yeah. shit. Have you noticed how the Conservatives, oh. when they stand on a stage, they all stand with their legs really far apart? Have you seen? Did you see that picture going around the internet of, of David Cameron standing on a stage his legs are really far apart? Yeah. It's... And a bunch of other guys. 
It's really weird, isn't it? Shouldn't they've been instructed to have their legs really far apart I think they do. on stage to make themselves look more grandiose. Yeah. I, you I know, bet the person telling them that thinks they're really clever as well, don't they? I think it's probably psychologists telling them that, to be quite honest. Because, you know, some of the psychologists I've met, when they kind of want to show a bit more kind of dominance, they will clench their fists. Really? Stand up kind of tall. Or shuffle like, their tie. Shuffle their tie. Yeah. Um, Tap you know. their clock. Oh, yeah. Their clock, their watch. Start looking at their watch as well, you know, to make you feel like you're wasting their time, even if they're speaking to you. Um, so, yeah. So, what what would the perfect, what would the response have been like, if if it had uh, been in a perfect world for you? Then it would be perfect if you could, you know, for example, if you felt like you wanted to unload to someone, I think you should be able to do it, like a punching bag or family. I feel like maybe yeah sure why not Both. they should I, I learned recently that you can be prescribed um, music lessons on a NHS really uh, prescription doctors don't know about it because it's quite a niche thing I can't remember who was telling me this but it was someone that was kind of like a professional and they said that you could be prescribed music lessons if you feel that that's going to help you get your kind of anger out and no one told you no no one tells anyone yeah, I didn't know about that what they should do is they should have some sort of a menu for people to choose from yeah and you say like everyone has this many points and you say like I'm going to spend one point doing this one point doing that one point doing this and then you hand in your menu yeah and if you could have that delivered one day delivery like Amazon Prime <laughs> everything would be great just dropping our sponsor Amazon Prime <laughs> no, no, no no there are other services like Amazon Prime available that's not is there no it's not really and one day there won't be any services available that aren't through Amazon yeah that's yeah. true um, but no I think in a perfect world you should be able to you know how you uh, ring up a doctor and you say, oh, I want a doctor's appointment. Like a pizza? Like you ring up for a pizza? Yeah, like you ring yeah. up for a pizza and they give you a time of how long it's going to be or when why to get it. Why can't it be an app? You know, why can't you just do that and get a counselling appointment by like that kind of style? Or why can't you have an app where you just anonymous, anonymously talk to like a psychiatrist or something? Yeah, there's some stuff like that in Australia, like online help things, because it's more... One of the reasons why it's in Australia is because Australia, they've got a pretty good mental health system. Oh, really? Because um, it's semi-privatised, I think. Ah. Um, so people pay more in their tax towards it. It's not fully like the NHS, which comes out of general tax, I think. Something like that. Yeah. But also, because it's in Australia, everyone's really far away from each other a lot mm. of the time. So it makes sense for them to be able to respond cyber style. Yeah. But I think we should get that going here. Yeah, I think we should get uh, get that going here. I think there should be more uh, access to, you know, professionals in general. Like, if you need to see one, you should be able to just ring up and book an appointment. As long as, you know, I guess they have an input of how long they want to see you every now and again. So you're not just, like, every day. turning up every fucking day, just like, oh, the pills aren't working yet, or, like... I need more Valium. You know, I talked about this yesterday, and I want to talk about it again because I don't feel quite over it. Because <laughs> you do yeah. need that kind of time to um, think things over and kind of adapt to things. You know, evolution took a long time in general. You think time was a, a big healer for you, is it? Yeah, time's definitely a big healer for me. Yeah. 
I've definitely learned a lot over time and through that time of doing things again and um, just starting to feel better, you know, it just it was just a general kind of well, good being kind of thing. Well, good being. Is well, that, good is being. Above well being. <laughs> well, good being. It's kind of like an incorporated, um, you know, Ryanism. Of, yeah, yeah, Ryanism. Maybe I could start my religious phase now. Yeah. Well, what like start a cult? Yeah. Yeah. Start a little cult. What sort of cult would it be? I don't know. Maybe a Jonestown cult. Oh, like <laughs> cult for ninety-five percent. So, what sort of drink would this cult be surrounded by? Kool Aid's obviously not. Yeah. Available. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I you know one of my personal favourites is a uh, sarsaparilla, ginger wine, uh, Coca-Cola, and bourbon whiskey. It's pretty. It's a pretty good mix. It's gonna be expensive for you. <laughs> It'd be expensive to live on. You're gonna you're... take ninety-five percent of the world population out with bourbon. <laughs> It'd be a nice way to die, wouldn't it? If it was a decent bourbon. <laughs> well, then it's even more expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone tells me you need to think this through. I do. This cult thing. Don't you think ninety-five percent of the drivers on the road should be taken off? Yeah, I think, and all the drivers should be taken off apart from me, because then I could just drive anywhere. Yeah, it'd be fine. Um, no don't, traffic. <laughs> don't you think like ninety-five percent of all the bugs in the world should be just taken off? No, it's they're important, aren't they? Are you like spiders and flies? Well, I understand why we have them. We need them. Oh, I understand why we have them. I understand why we have like mosquitoes. Other I don't drivers. Want yeah, I don't want mosquitoes. Don't want flies be quite happy if i didn't have like four flies flying around me right now <laughs> not a big fan of humans are you i'm not no 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 i've you know i've i've kind of learned to i guess judge people on kind of a first basis <laughs> how have you judged me how do you judge me how do i judge you yeah yeah no i thought you were pretty all right i thought you were um pretty relatable you know as a kind of fellow human being someone you'd actually want to be around to be yeah. quite honest yeah I get that all the time yeah yeah very relatable they say let's let's finish this off have you got any closing remarks closing remarks um, yeah, have you got any words of advice any uh, r- you know rant the word rant yeah you heard people say it rant rant yes yeah that's that's funny isn't it well, it's an funny. American version rant rant I'm just gonna go on a rant go on a rant have you got any got a rant have I got a rant um got any words of wisdom I think my words of wisdom would be sometimes you gotta make choices even if they are kind of detrimental to you or others around you who just everyone just everyone yeah I think everyone has to make those choices could you be could you give an example um I think throughout my life I you know I I found a lot of toxic people that kind of made me a lot worse especially my mental health put people in the bin you've got to make those decisions pretty much but if it's a meal deal yeah take a little time to think about it exactly make sure you're getting a good deal if you've got someone who has a bit of good and a bit of bad depends how bad bit of cheese bit of pickle let's say exactly do you like cheese and pickle packet of crisps or a sandwich which one do you go for we need both don't you otherwise 
exactly. doesn't qualify for the meal deal. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you need to take time to think about it. Exactly, but I think you know. I think sometimes you've got to make choices, even even if it comes to excluding like family members and whatnot. You should just do it if it has to be that kind of way, because that's what I did, and I'm definitely much happier without certain family members being involved in my life. I need to find a way to finish the podcast because I find it just adds like half an hour onto it because I don't know what to say at the end. Really? Yeah, need some sort of crescendo moment you know you could do something artistic and pour a cup of coffee on the microphone it's gonna get expensive really quickly it would need some sort of phrase that i can just throw out and be like boom that's the end you know what i mean i think just a piece of good advice is good to end yeah, on yeah it's a little bit cheesy though isn't it it's cheesy but yeah. people like cheese don't they do they yeah i like cheese okay all right we'll end it there then yeah okay you got any advice no 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 well, don't save too many cardboard boxes. There'll always be another one. Bye. Bye. This has nothing to do with coffee.